T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back. Marty is uh, off for a couple of days. Some uh, exciting family time for him. His parents are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary this weekend. So he's he'll be heading north and uh, enjoying that. And uh, will rejoin us next week. And I have a feeling August is going to fly by, Chris Baker. It just seems like everybody's schedule is uh, loaded up and... Uh, we're we're right in it today talking about Sabre prospects that a month from now will be itching for that opportunity to show their wares as we, you know, get into the prospects challenge once again here in Buffalo. And I think this is a really interesting question from, from Brad. He said, who's the best Sabres forward prospect not drafted in the first round? Ooh, that is a good one. Um, boy, oh boy. I mean, you could look. That's that's a tough one. Um, not drafted in the first round. Right now, I would probably go with a player that we already spoke about, Pull Topoff. I think mm-hmm. that the versatility, I think that the gut, the gut instinct that I have that he's a surefire NHLer mm-hmm. to me puts him there. I don't think that's going to surprise someone, but I, I think that you know we can't sleep on Anton Wahlberg actually being a, a pretty nice NHL prospect. I want to see a little bit more from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from him this week playing at the world junior summer showcase. He opened up at wing in the first game in a blowout. Sweden just rolled to a seven, nothing win. He's played center the last two games and they've uh Sweden coaching staff has put him with two players. That implies that he's going to have a pretty decent role this winter when the tournament goes live. Mm-hmm. But for me right now, it's pulled top off. He's a player that I don't irrationally over like, I just think that he's a legitimate NHL prospect effort. I, I, I give him the nod. So clearly, when you hear that question, you don't think necessarily of young players in Rochester because they're already, because I would have assumed you would have said Rusak, who was a long ways from the first round, but it feels like you see him just kind of as a pro already, regardless of whether it's in Buffalo or Rochester, and you're identifying more those that are still looking to get kind of in the system, so to speak. It's always about projection, and that's the challenging yeah. thing. A lot of times you're in, you're looking at evaluating the long-term prospects of a player that's 18 versus someone who's 23. It's very mm-hmm. difficult, and a lot of times we have the benefit of history. But um, no, and, and I, I just, I again, I think that you know if you're projecting what the player is, I mean, I love Rusek plenty, but um, I just think Poltapov's going to be the real deal. Right, right. Now, as far as uh, you you mentioned um, Noah Osland briefly in our last segment, um, 
do you like the path that he's taking? Because I think some people in the we want it now era that we live in um, are probably a little surprised that that Oslin has taken the path that he's chosen. I, the one thing I admire about him is he's brutally honest about it <laughs> right from the moment he got drafted. I think he knew what his likely path to North America would, would eventually be in the number of years. Um, how do you view Ostland? the day he was drafted, what he is now, what he's going to go through, and ultimately what he might be. So I love the pace. I love the technical skill that he has in his game. He's he's, he's not Savoy, like everything's that fast firecracker, but he does play very fast. Um, he's a natural centerman. I think that you can't have enough of those players. With Oslin itself, to your point, it was always a two-year plan for him. I think he understood, but the reason was it's like I need it's it's not I need to become a better hockey player. He's always doing that. It's that he wanted to take the time, knowing the differences in the European style of game and the North American style that he had to get stronger. This season with him staying back, um, he's gonna move up a level and you know, apply his playmaking craft because that's really what he is. At the night that he was drafted, Duffer, I used the term point guard. I don't know if you remember that he runs the offense. He runs the power play like a point guard functions on the basketball court. I still see that with him as a pass first player, but he started to shoot a lot more this year. So he's moving to Vax show. He's going to get bigger and stronger this year. He's already under contract. I understand the desire that Sabres fans would like to have him in Rochester this year, but I respect what he's doing. It's a different path. And, um, you know, it's part of that spacing of prospects. When you have a lot of forwards, space them out. There's no harm in that because, again, you're taking a long-term vision. We hear a lot about sustainable success that the Sabres are striving for. And I think mm-hmm. Oslin staying back a year is part of that whole process. Uh, how do you view the Amherst this year, especially the forward group? I mean, we can talk about the defense in a minute. But, like, how do you view the Amherst given that, you know, kind of in consecutive patterns here, we've seen the Quinn Paterka era and then, you know, we saw Kulik and Rosean this year as, as not to mention Tyson Kozak, but like it's an opportunity. This group is still extremely young this year under Seth Appert up front, uh, despite the return of veterans like Mason Yops, Michael Mersh, uh, even Brandon Byro's got, you know, some age to him now. Uh, unfortunately, I, you know, he's still trying to make that next step too. How do you, how do you view this group and what intrigues you the most about it? I think they're going to be competitive. I'm happy to see them actually have some defensive prospects, like yeah. legitimate, like draft picks coming into the system with Novikov and Ryan Johnson. Um, it's going to be hard to avoid being young at the AHL level. Um, I see, you mentioned Tyson Kozak. There was a line that I would love to see because Seth Eppert's going to be running the bench at the Prospects Challenge. I would love to see him put, you know, Kozak with Cedarquist and Olivier Nadeau, start him in the Prospect Challenge and see if you could put them as a line that you deploy in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Little things like that. That's why, like, the Prospects Challenge is super fun for me regardless. But, you know, kind of seeing, you know, trying to understand what you think they might do. But, no, they're going to be young. I love, you know, Isak Rosane. I'm not putting him in the hopper for an NHL job this year. I'm expecting big things from him mm-hmm. next year. I want to see him take on a wider role on the penalty kill. Very smart with his stick. You know what I'm talking about, Duffer. You were calling those games in the playoffs, and you saw him make some key plays mm-hmm. when he didn't have the puck. Um, so the next stage of his development I'm excited for. But I think they're going to be very competitive again. And um, shoring up the goaltending always a big part to success at the AHL level. And they got some nice veteran depth there too. So no, they, they replaced some of the losses with some very reputable AHL veterans and they're going to be a pretty competitive club. Let's talk more about the blue line. They have 
a returning leader in Prow. They have a familiar pairing in Sacconi and Davies. Um, Kale Clegg is likely to be there based on the sheer numbers in Buffalo of bodies right now, despite the fact that Clegg played a lot with the Sabres last year. I'm going to present you with a question that I'm sure you've thought of and or heard of, but as you look at a potential depth chart of, of this Amherst group, and it includes, like you said, prospects in Novikov and Johnson, who are left shot defensemen, knowing what we know about the current Buffalo Sabres, do you suspect that Ryan Johnson will start as a right defenseman in Rochester, knowing that it might be his best path to bigger minutes and a greater role in the Sabres' future? I do. I do. And by the way, we haven't talked about Zach Metza oh, either, right? We'll save so that there, for another time because you can hear yeah. it. In my, like, I like yes. this kid a lot. And right. he's... For him to come in late in the year like he did last year and stay in the lineup through the whole playoffs, not easy to do. But we'll focus on Ryan Johnson right now. Oh. Yeah, so Johnson as a player, he relies on his mobility in the defensive zone. And I think that he'll be able to make um, – I think he'll be able to play either side ultimately. But there's nothing – there's two ways to look at it. I'm okay making him uncomfortable to learn. That's part of what the AHL is. Um, it's hard enough, I understand, uh, acclimating to the pro game. He had four years of college. He's ready for the speed of the AHL. And I think it's going to be a simpler transition than maybe what we've seen historically from other young players making that jump. So, no, I think that that's the route that they should go is putting them on that side, um, not just for the path, but they need to shore up the depth there organizationally also. It makes well, sense. So how much did you, this is a tough question. I mean, I know Owen Power did it too, but like how much did you actually notice him playing the the right side while he was in college? Not much. Yeah, not much. No, they kept him on his natural side. And that's why I'm saying make him uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, even that year he played world juniors, he was on that left. So his lengthy stay in college has him in what position? Because obviously, you know, I, I was just reading about it before we came on air, like with Minnesota and all their situation and cap hell and all that. Like they're getting Brock Faber as a pretty polished defenseman coming out of college right how yep. polished is johnson right now after all his maturation time at the ncaa level well i'm glad you used the word maturation because i i remember seeing ryan johnson when he's a very young player i had my mm -hmm. niece and nephew playing in southern california and ryan johnson would come up with the junior ducks and there would be a buzz in the rink this kid's coming up you know playing bantam triple a and you see i remember seeing him play he was always the best player there. Um, and he's just always become a very solid. He, he, right now, if you look at where he is now, he's a very mature defensive defenseman. He's using his body more. He's smooth. Uh, the way that he shifts his balance, uh, works his edges. Uh, I just, I like his game. It's now just about watching him just kind of get used to the pro game and just kind of jump right in and be a confident performer. I have uh, a very good feeling about his defensive acumen. And that's what I need my defenseman to do be strong defensively. Mm -hmm. If he's selective moving the puck, that's fine. He has the tools to move it, but you know, I, I like his game. I like his game. I have full confidence in him being a very solid performer that will get some NHL minutes, probably in short order. How was your time in the broadcast booth uh, during the three on three games at the development camp? 
you know, as I you know, love... Marty and I got punted this year just to make room for you and Razor and Dan. So we, 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 we didn't quite have that same connection we often do. So. Well, I appreciate you sharing the space with me, Duffer, as always, just like you are today. But, uh, you know, that's hard, man. Okay. Three on three up and down. And you're trying yeah. to like, jam in some nuggets for color analyst uh, work. No, but um, the, the biggest takeaway for me was I loved uh, Dan and Razor seeing Zach Benson for the first time. Good. Yeah. Because I love they saw seeing stuff through other people's eyes. Yeah. Stick on stick, stick on puck and, you know. Razor likes to slow cook guys. He's very much like, Hey, let's pump the brakes on the prospects. Let's slow cook everyone. And he's like, wow, this guy's really good. He was mm-hmm. very surprised. So that was my biggest takeaway. And I, I wasn't like, I told you so, you know what I mean? That's I was, I'm, I'm not like that anyways with him, but um, it was really cool for the engagement level that Razor had. Cause I think yeah. he understands he's going to be seeing this player sooner rather than later. Well, next wave of prospects we see is at the Challenge, which is the annual event at Lecom Harbor Center, September 15th to 18th. And obviously, it's a six-team event with the Sabres, Bruins, Habs, Devils, Sens, and Penguins all involved. Tickets will be going on sale this month, so Sabres season ticket members will have priority access to tickets at a preferred rate for the Prospects Challenge, which is coming up next month here in downtown Buffalo. That's also part of uh, Sabres Fan Fest that weekend, so come down to Alumni Plaza on September 16th and enjoy the day. We'll get into some hockey birthdays and a little bit more. Chris Baker from Sabres Prospects right after this here on Sabres Live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.